For me, it's 8.12 p.m. on September 1st, 2022, but for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I'm your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair is making his debut on The Media Files, Dave. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. Very flattered, very excited. Very excited. I've, uh, I've thought about having you on for like, I mean, we've been friends for years now. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about like this podcast and stuff and Lindsay's always like, get Dave to do it. And I'm like, Dave is busy, man. Dave does stuff. <laughs> Dave has Dave has things that he does in his life. I don't. We have Jeff on. You know Jeff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeff's on the show. He doesn't do things, right? So like <laughs> me and Jeff sit at home. I'm like, Dave does stuff, but you uh, you carved out enough time. I, I will gladly do this. This is... To come sit in the, is... the very sweaty Mediafile studio. <laughs> I, it's y- a glorious studio. Dude, it's so hot. It's, we, doing it in a closet is honestly like... It, it's, it, it can only last so long because we sweat in here and it's <laughs> it's weird. But you get a good view of all my socks and Lindsay's socks and... It's a good working man's sweat though, man. It's, yeah, it's yeah. A yeah it's a working man's sweat. That's what I'll tell people. I'm like, why does your podcast studio stink? Because it's... <laughs> working man sweat. This week on the Media Files, we are talking about the Sandman. The Sandman is the television adaptation of Neil Gaiman's classic comic book series from DC Comics. Morpheus, the personification of dreams and one of the entities known as the Endless, is captured through a magic ritual and finally escapes after over a hundred years and now must return order to his realm, the Dreaming, and the fallout of his absence. The Sandman was created by Neil Gaiman, David S. Goyer, and Alan Heinberg, and stars Tom Sturridge, Boyd Holbrook, Vivian H. Impong, Patton Oswalt, and many others, and it premiered on Netflix on August 5th, 2022. Um, we have, I've, I've avoided like talking about a lot of this with you because you and I, whenever we see each other, it's always like, did you watch this? Yes. Did you watch this? Did you, did you, have you gone and seen this? Right. And so we've avoided talking about a lot of this because I did ask you to be on this episode with me. And so overall, what did you think about the Sandman? Um, I first read the comics a long time ago. I remember, you know, you start to build your collection and like the Sandman's one of the first things you got to purchase and buy. If you're going to do comics, you you have to read the Sandman. I I feel like it's up in like the the tier of because this is I I want to say it published first in 1989 sounds right which the 80s, yeah which is when comic books started to get like serious and good yeah. right it was it was the Dark Knight Returns yeah and Watchmen in 86 and Watchmen and, and then Sandman and that was kind of the progression of these these V for Vendetta was oh yeah somewhere around there right so that was that was the progression of these really important comic books that like set the stage for comic books being more than a childhood collector's item yeah right this was stories that were being told. And I feel like this one is is one that I've heard about my entire life, and I've, I've still never read it, which is crazy because I've read a lot of comic books, but I've never read Sandman. Well, that's the thing with uh, with nerd stuff, right? It's like a never ending pile of stuff that's true. to read and do, and it, it's impossible. I remember picking that up and going through them years ago and just loving it. Right. And so there's been rumors about a movie or TV adaptation for for years, you know, films and stuff. And I always thought, you know, the the way he changes up the the stories with almost every issue, you got stuff set in the past, stuff you know set with. 
Shakespeare. They got to do something different. And so when, you know, we have all these start and stop uh, announcements of it, when Netflix finally like, yes, we are going to do it. Here's the cast with Neil Gaiman behind it. Super, super hyped. So, you know, that opening weekend, I, bam, five episodes Saturday, right. five episodes Sunday. <laughs> and uh, I, I loved it, man. I loved it. But, you know, it's also the preacher preaching to the choir. So. Right. But I, I mean, like you said, this was a long time coming. This oh, yeah. had this had years and years of development. Hell, I feel like going back to the mid 2000s, we were hearing people that wanted to adapt this. And then for years, it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt that was attached yeah. as Morpheus. That's right. He yeah. was going to be Morpheus. And then I actually read something just a couple days ago that in the early 2000s, Michael Jackson was attached to this at some point and wanted to play Morpheus, which to some degree, like I'm like, well, you know, like that sounds weird. Right. And especially from from knowing what we know about Michael Jackson and his and his life now and what he went through towards the end of his life. That does sound weird. But Michael Jackson at some point was like the epitome of this over the top dreamy character in real life. Right. And so I'm not sure that would have been awful at some point in his career. He he has an ethereal quality to him. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, with with a, a name like that, if he wants to bankroll that and he wanted to do it, yeah, he probably could have pulled it off. But I wonder what Neil Gaiman, he must have. I, yeah, I'm th- sure. There's no way he would have signed off on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do think, though, that this this probably stayed in, in that development purgatory for so long because everybody talks about how this would be impossible to bring to screen effectively. Yeah. It's it's very, like you said, ethereal. Like there, there's a lot of dream sequence. There's a lot of weird special effects going on. And I felt that way about a lot of comic books, too, even growing up, that it would just be hard to translate it appropriately to screen because of the weird stuff that does happen yeah. in comic books. And I think I feel like this more weird stuff happens in this than in oh. anything, right? In fact, Absolutely. I was my wife and I just started watching uh, Paper Girls. Yeah. Which, have you started watching that yet? No, because I want to read it first right. and I'm like six issues in. and Yeah, yeah. Well, I I did not you know ever think that that would ever translate well to screen. And and since we started watching it, I think it does. And I think that we've kind of finally met this, this happy medium where special effects are cheap and easy enough to do, I guess, that you can do some weird stuff like this. Like when, San, when Morpheus first goes to the dreaming in this show you can tell it's on the cheaper side of the special effects budget they're mm-hmm. not pouring all their money into the special yeah. effects like uh, like supposedly this new lord of the rings show is doing oh, right man. a yeah. billion dollars yep. to produce it the sandman did not have that budget but it was still fine like I, I didn't i didn't feel myself like distracted by a weird looking dragon right or crazy looking trees like that did not distract me in this i think there's one like at the very end where uh, lucifer has that little scene where she has to meet with the lords of hell and there's the one yes that the, Asmodeus has about I'm not sure which one, but it's like all the little different eyes and the thing like that. That was the one effect like, eh, okay, maybe, I forgot. I forgot about that. And you're absolutely another, right. Maybe another 20 K on that to beef it up a little bit. But that's like such a minor quibble. weird little mouths in the darkness yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. That looked a little beetle juicy yeah. or something. But overall, like I, I think this, this is a show that I really enjoyed also. Um, Tom Sturridge playing Morpheus and again, not being super familiar with the comic books mm-hmm. and the source material on this one. My having having seen a lot of screens of the of the comic books my image of morpheus was this like very shrouded but also stylish like over the top character like we talked about with yeah, michael yeah. jackson right i'm not sure that he encompassed that entirely for what i would have guessed dream did i think he got like one really good snapshot of it which was the darkness of yeah. it right and lindsay mentioned it a few times she goes i feel like he would have he would have been the perfect star in
in like 2001, right? Because because the dark hair, like he yeah. looks like he's the lead singer of AFI. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it still worked, I think. Like I said, I think he encompasses a part of Morpheus really well enough that I liked it a lot. Other than making the character, you know, so pasty white as he is in the comics, right. which that, that wouldn't have translated and Absolutely stuff. Absolutely not. Not in 2022, at least. But he did a, I really liked him. He was really like deliberate in his wording. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't just prattling off lines. Like he spoke slow, but not bad. So like thoughtful, slow. And I swear either at the Comic Con panel or an interview I read with him, you know, he kind of mentioned that. Like I'm really deliberate with like every single word that, you know, he wrote because every word's so important and he like really took seriously to that. And so his delivery with that, like it kind of sort of sounds like how I would think Dream would sound. Like that really right. sold me on it. He was great. His voice, I think, was fantastic yeah. for that. And I think they could have gone the route of having somebody with a much deeper, fuller voice, right? His voice is wispy yeah. and it's quiet. But I think that works for being somebody that's, I mean, like we said, the personification of dreaming, yeah. of dreams. I think that works really well for him. I think that was a good a good stylistic choice for that character. Yeah. Um, the episodes flow really well, too, in that there is like so much lore in this world. And I again, not having read it, mm-hmm. not knowing what I was getting into kind of with this world and this story, there is so much lore that halfway through the show, the entire plot switches at some point, right? I mean, we yeah. get we get two or three major plots over the course of this show. And it works fine, yeah. right? But there is there is so much to explore here, and I I I'm glad that this is successful because I think that the more that we get into different seasons of this show, of course they're going to run more seasons. This was a hugely successful show yeah. for them. I hope so. I hope so. They've they got announced to. it yet, so I'm just um, and, well. And on, I should on, say Netflix. too, Netflix never trust Netflix to. Oh, yeah. They will cancel something you yeah, love. They will. Um, but I I have to think that this gets picked up for more more seasons. Uh, and there's so much more to explore with these characters yeah. in this world and. They could bring in. I mean, it's it's endless lore, right? It's endless different. Well, I, I see. Endless, you did oh, I see. I didn't even think about that. But uh, you know, different entities and different worlds and realms and time periods, like you said, that yeah. they could explore. In fact, one of my favorite episodes of this show, I probably my favorite episode of this show, I think was episode six, which is the like, sa- so like one, two, three, six, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called like the sound of her wings. I think is what it's called. Yeah. Now I will say there there is a there is a structural quality to that episode that I did not enjoy, and that's that. The episode is clearly two issues of one comic book yep. spliced together yep. into one episode. Like like one issue would only run half an episode running yeah, time. Yeah. And Netflix was like, no, show those two together. Uh, so so I did. I That was a little jarring for me. But the individual parts of that episode, I think, were my two individual favorite parts of the entire series. Say, looking over and reviewing some stuff to, to prep to talk tonight, just, I kept coming back to that one, too. It's fantastic. Like the, the first, like I said, it is two halves. Like the first five episodes are a story line right and then we have this episode six and there's one-offs uh in the run of the series they'll have a few like here's a continuing story here's a bit of a, a through line with a plot and then they'll be like here's a standalone issue here's a standalone issue um which comic books do oh yeah right and i think like i said i do think it translates well to a show yeah. like this when you have so much lore that could come in and out and characters that can come and go as they please right i think that this show is a good vehicle for that but that episode with his uh sister death was fantastic when uh the the comic-con panel neil gaiman said uh casting death was tricky because there's that little line about you know you're the saddest excuse 
for an anthropomorphic blah 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 something or other and right. none of the actresses could paint it and she comes in and nails it she's like she's the one she's the one but the second half of that episode where he's meeting the guy every hundred uh-huh. years in the pub and I reread the issues before watching I'm like oh man this is so good I hope to see it and then I didn't see the issue title in the episode right. so I was a little bummed and that was the second half of that I'm just like score it was so good and then when I when my daughter watched it um, she said the same thing like oh that was so great that was so great fantastic episode and yeah. the the uh, actress that plays death I, yeah. Kirby Hell Baptiste is her yeah, name yeah. Um, I, I recognized her pretty immediately she was in The Good Place I don't know if you ever there watched There we the go good, yeah she's I knew I knew her and I didn't remember that she right. was great yeah. she comes in I think in season three of The Good Place and I really liked her in that yeah. and so she pops up in this and, and you don't know who she is for the first moment or so that mm-hmm. she's speaking and then you find out it's his sister Death and I'm thinking man this is a weird choice this is a weird choice but like you said as that episode progresses it's a very sad episode a very yeah. touching episode but I think that it approaches death in a much more I don't know mature way I don't know but I think interesting way than a lot of other people would approach death you don't picture the personification of death as this very pretty very uplifting woman yeah. right and she is she's she's very soft-spoken she's very sweet and the way that she handles those separate scenarios holy smokes yeah. that episode blew me away it's one of the cool things gaming does with that with with the concept of death is play it that different way so series I books I read way back in the day you know on a pale horse by Piers Anthony and the whole concept of death is a d- different construct so it kind of made me think about this you know something that's so scary and the fact that she approaches all these uh, people and all these scenes with you know I-, I don't want you to be scared like this is a transition yeah. like I want this to be peaceful for you and she, this that kind of like the, the love and the humanity she brings to that and you know it fits in with the plot too you know it's death, so be, cool dream you've been away for 100 years we gotta we gotta put some human back in and stuff right. and kind of see how you know I learned what I needed to from this and but it was it was cool because yeah like you said no one would think of death that way it's horrifying and yet here it is tender and sweet and very clever uh, on Gaiman's part I think it's probably one of the best episodes of television I've watched up to this point this year I don't think I don't think the series as a whole will end up as like my favorite series of the year Mm -hmm. but I think that that one episode up to this point is better than any episode of anything I've watched this year so far and and I hope somebody recognizes that when it comes time for like the Emmys or something because I I do I think it's a I think it's a work of art that whole episode the episode just prior to that with David Thewlis who I love and immediately when he shows up in the first episode Lindsay and I not fully decided that we've or a second episode excuse me uh, not fully decided we're like in on the show yet Mm -hmm. and then David Thewlis shows up and I'm like I don't care what happens in this show at this point I'm watching for David Thewlis now Um, but the episode five really really fantastic episode that doesn't even show dream until the I want to say it's like the last two minutes of the episode very cool another episode that I could see translated probably really well from page to screen it uh an interesting read it's uh you consider uh this episode and what they left out because uh, there's a lot in that episode oh, like, sure, it's, yeah. they don't shy away from anything in there and they still like there's stuff in the graphic novel they they didn't touch like there's right more little bits and pieces what kind of reminiscent of the, the boys the boys do similar stuff yes too. yes you got to leave some stuff on the page but he's fantastic i know in the comic like he was a lot more grotesque looking too so right. the fact that he can you know mill about with all these people is a little bit more believable in the show than maybe it was in the comic i i do want to point out too they did put out an 11th episode a bonus episode two weeks after the show came out on netflix and that episode i think really nails in kind of what this show can do anthology wise right because we do get two separate stories and they're labeled as such that that show actually that or that episode actually has two different titles two issues again exactly a two issue a two issue episode but neither of those stories directly deal with any of the plots that we've dealt with in the prior two episodes or prior 10 episodes excuse me and exclusively tells new stories 
stories about new characters and just things that are happening in the world of the Sandman, right? And that really blew me away. Half of it's animated, which is really, really cool too. And again, when you're dealing with a show like this, I think that you have the freedom and the liberty to try those different types of styles, right? You get to try, you know, like Renaissance style storytelling, and then you get to try sci-fi style story and or animation, right? And that was really, really rad. Talking cats for heaven's sake. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's the cool thing with the concept of dream? Because he's endless, because he's immortal, he's existed all time. You know, you can have some Elseworlds tales with uh, Superman or Batman and, and right. reconfigure some stuff, but dream just, you know, he's been existing you know, this entire time. And the idea that, like, the, the cats, you know, do animals dream? You know, do androids dream of electric sheep? Like, right, he could right, play right. with those concepts with them, and as a side, that'd be cool to see that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, like that, but, uh, you know, what do cats dream about? And so the whole, you know, like, the cats at one time, we ruled the planet, and we chased yep. men around, and we <laughs> ate them, and you know, if a thousand cats stick together, we we can dream it back. But that idea that you know dreams have power. If you dream it, you can achieve it. You know, right. every business seminar sells you on that sort Abs- of. And that's stuff. exactly what the second part of that episode is about too, with oh, the yeah. author and yeah. man, oh man, and kind of I mean heartbreaking in a way to watch too. People just kind of let their power get way out of control oh, yeah. from them, you know. But also very cool, a very neat way to use the ideas of dreaming or muses, right? Very cool idea to to use them that way. I did not read the comic book you have yeah yeah change wise i mean how do you feel like this show stuck the landing in terms of either changing things or not changing things yeah i try to avoid reading stuff too soon because i don't want to you know you got to appreciate a different medium worth of material for what it is in a different medium you know tv shows not a comic book they're going to swap some stuff up um but with this one because i read them so close you know uh, it adhered really really well Mm. like watching that bonus episode i literally had the books open in front of me because i was trying to read them through really fast before, before we got ahead in the episode but like the uh, the dream of a thousand cats. I mean, it was almost word for word in parts, and oh, you know, sure. Damon writes so well; it was just right. money. Um, Calliope, the second half of that episode, there's some uh, implied unnecessary violence against Calliope by her two former owners. That's right. a little more explicit in the comic, and you know, given today's climate, it was a good call to oh, sure. tone that down and stuff. So little changes like that, you know, sign off on that. And there's a lot of people chirping about a uh, gender swapping and race swapping with the characters. Not important, you know. They, they cast the people that fit the role and they were all money in it and stuff. Well, and and that's what I got out of it too. Having not read the comics, Mm -hmm. I thought about it afterwards and thinking, is there any gender or race swapping that that stood out to me, right? And I think that's the litmus test is if somebody did not know the source material, would you recognize that this person becomes a token? Yeah. And I didn't feel that about anybody. Yeah. And so I have, I, I I think Lucifer was probably gender swapped just from the discussion I've seen online. That would be a no brainer because most people would associate Lucifer with a masculine right. identity. Um, And they brought this up in the Comic Con panel that uh, uh Neil Gaiman, when he was originally writing it and t- communicating with the artists about it, he had a very uh, androgynous look he wanted. Oh, is it? He, he okay. said something about it. he had a picture of David Bowie, like with curls and stuff sure, like that, sure. that he sent to the uh, the artist and said, this is the look I'm going for. And then when they talked to Gwendolyn Christie, she's like, I want to be Lucifer. And he's like, all right, cool, done. Well, and see, I thought that was fantastic. Oh, I think yeah. Gwendolyn Christie's fantastic anyways. Yeah. In whatever, what anything she does is fine with me. She has not had a rough career. No. I mean, Star Wars and Game of, Game Thrones, of Thrones and, and like, now dude, Sandman. You're checking off all the big nerd boxes. Yeah. Like you're, you're going to be walking in any convention the rest of your life and have people. In 20 years you. when Battlestar Galactica finally gets rebooted. <laughs> they'll have to cast her as yeah, like, she'll be like a dom on ever to be like she'll be the president or something yeah, you know yeah. she'll they'll they'll find something for her um but yeah that's i only know that because like i said i think i've seen some discussion about that online like
like, oh, yeah. we're happy she was cast despite it being whatever in the comic books. Um, but otherwise, I did not notice any of that. And so I think it was oh. fine. I think all of that worked out really, really well for them. The other big one was uh, Jenna Coleman. Oh, that, yeah. Jenna Coleman. Yeah. As Johanna Constantine. Was it that. not Joanna Constantine in the book? It was John Constantine okay. for the modern part and the pub scene where Johanna comes in and gets them. Like, yeah, it was Johanna in the comic. John, the, 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 gotcha. the, the, okay. the, the Hellblazer, John yes. Constantine. But they swapped it out and kept the part. So I think you know, the, the purists and the nerds could probably nitpick some stuff with that. But oh, that's that's clever as crap. Have her play the same part. Yeah. yeah the family resemblance is all there. And she's fantastic anyway. I like Jenna Coleman a lot. Um, and I, I assumed that that was just something that Neil Gaiman did was pulling a character from DC and gender swapping it on his own. Anyways, I assumed yeah. that obviously, you know, um, having John Constantine would have been fine with me also because he's one of my favorites. And I yeah. think that when Matt Ryan did Constantine a few years ago, oh, he was great. I was very, very pleased yeah. with his role. That would have been fine. With, I, I'm fine with either of those, I guess. That, win, that win doesn't bother way. me. Yeah, exactly. Or they could have just brought in Keanu Reeves and really blew everyone's mind. Wouldn't that have been right? something? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That would have been amazing. Well, yeah. then we would have had back who played Satan. It was uh, in Constantine. Oh, oh, crud. I want to say it's the guy from John Wick. Yeah, like the the Russian mob. That Russian dude. dude. Yeah, I, isn't I know it? exactly what you're talking. I about. can't yeah. think of his and name. He was right in now. Uh, all the American Gods too, wasn't he? Didn't he play? The yes, Russian, the Russian bear god. Oh guy? my gosh! And now I can't think. Of it. I can. Apparently, I'm looking at his face, but yeah, I'll think as soon as we click stop on the recording. Go look it up and then yeah. I'll, I'll hear. It. I'll edit it in. <laughs> I'm like his name was, and it's a second. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, I do think you did mention that Neil Gaiman's writing, Neil Gaiman's writing is just fantastic, right? All the way throughout. I think they probably could have used a little more Neil Gaiman writing, probably with some of the dialogue. Some of the dialogue felt a little stilted to me in certain places. Maybe just a, a an editor to run over some of yeah. it, you know, but it's a Netflix show. And I think for what it's worth, I think they know oh, yeah. they stuck the landing pretty good. And it seems to be a huge hit. It keeps popping up. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. It seems to be a big hit. Given how well known this property is in comic circles. This had yeah. to be one of the more short of like the, you know, the Marvel flicks and the big screen stuff. Yeah. This had to be one of the most anticipated. And you know, like mentioned the, the development purgatory, it's been in forever. Like we're finally going to see it. We're finally going to see it. You know, you get people waiting years and years and years for rumors. Yeah, it definitely stuck the landing. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Everything we talk about on the media files, we do give a very stupid and utterly arbitrary rating to. Dave, how do you arbitrarily rate the Sandman? Um, I got to go uh, uh, full vertigo. Full, full vertigo. vertigo. Not standing over feeling a little queasy like you're, yeah. at, you're at the, you know, Jimmy Stewart, you're gonna, your eyes are gonna blind out full vertigo. That's great. I'm not gonna, pun pun intended. I'm not gonna explain why either, because I I think there's like half of the population of the the listeners of the show (laughs) that will not understand that reference. And they're just gonna, they're gonna go Google it now. And good. That's good. They should. Yeah. Learn learn you some stuff. That's a little vertigo. Yeah. I would, uh, I would rate this uh, a a billion grains of sand. That that completely works. I know. I think, I think that we could, like I said, I think that there's so many stories that they could tell. And if this show in the future decides to go on and every couple episodes has an anthology type episode, like a Twilight Zone type episode to it. How, how spoiler do you want to get with potential future stuff? Oh, no, I don't want anything now. Okay, well, I, well okay. I'm going to read it. So you've already lent me the books. So I'm there, probably going to have a, it ruined there's for me. A, there's a two one-off Shakespeare adjacent is there, tales in there that are really, really, really cool. That's awesome. Well, and that was alluded to in the pub scene. Right. Like, oh, that Will Shakespeare in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, that's, that's, that's a dangling plot thread for a reason. That's, oh, my. That's, gosh yeah, they're they're fantastic that's too see man i like when shows do that yeah too when they can reach back into other episodes and pull things back in i'm just uh i'm thrilled with it we got a lot of 100%. There, there's been a lot of like good fantasy series lately which i don't feel like we've had in a long time but now we've had the sandman and house of 
Blood and I don't know the name of the show. I'm watching it. Is it House of the Dragon? How, is that it? I don't. So, I don't I know. So. I press play on the next episode. Yeah, yeah. We're two episodes in, and now tonight Dude. is uh, Amazon Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power. Oh, is that start episode one tonight? Oh, good grief. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. I'll get to bed. Yeah, like we gotta go. Press stop. Press stop. Press stop. But no, uh, if you grew up reading sci-fi, fantasy, nerd stuff, like this yeah. is this is an awesome time this to be is alive. This, yeah, like everyone's absolutely. inner child is just woohoo right now, and we deserve it, man. We deserve it. Absolutely. We did not talk about uh, the new Star Trek show that came out on this podcast. We haven't talked about it, mm. but I really enjoyed that too. And the Orville. Oh my gosh, there's so much good stuff that's you, been you happening. You gotta cover the Orville. That's it, wonderful. The, the problem is, is nobody watches that stupid show. I I binged it. Like are you the caught last up? Month. Oh yeah, I'm 100 percent oh, caught man. up. Man, the episode where. Uh, um, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Gordon. Gordon goes back in time. Yeah. Oh, oh my man. gosh. And he's married. So good. He's married to the chick from Gossip Girl. So heartbreaking. Girl. So oh heartbreaking. my gosh. Amazing. Great hey, show. You'll have me back. I will brush up on the Orville 100%. Loved it. Loved if it. we talk about the Orville, you're the person that I'll have on. Very flat. Deal? Thank you. All deal, right. Deal. But that's all the time we've got. We want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Media Files. And thank you again, Dave, for being here this week. You're welcome. Thank you. The Media Files is provided by RPGera.com. Technical assistance is provided by Brian. And the producers are Jexac and Zanku. I'm on Instagram at Brewstop. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H. Or at the RPG Era Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to. And until next time, be kind, be honest. And we'll see you later. Oh, yeah.